This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Are you allowed to drink from the same cup that you drank when you ate meat? You ate meat before? You ate meat yesterday, or you ate dairy an hour ago, and now and you drank Coca-Cola on a can. You open the can, you drink. Now you finish that and you want to eat meat. And you want and you still have half of the can full. Can you eat? So the Ramah says you shouldn't use the same thing. You'll have to clean it well, which means it's a cup, you clean it well, then you can use it. Why? Because the the food st- sticks on the on the cup. On the, on the can. So one needs to be careful with such a thing. Anything that could get the food in it stuck, it probably, like for instance, you have a salt shaker. Salt shaker, is, they have two kinds. Those that are open, for instance. You know, those that are open, you have, it's like trays like this of salt from glass or whatever it is. You put salt in one side, pepper on the other side. That is, that the Ramah says one needs to be careful because sometimes the food gets in there. Sometimes a person dips his, uh, his food in there to make it a little bit uh, salty. And then you want to use it for the other kind, one should be careful. But if it's a salt shaker, that is something that's more lenient. That one could be uh, more lenient, although it's better to have one for dairy, one for meat. Also when we're dealing with ketchup, let's say ketchup, if it's not hot food. If it's hot food, we said you have to. If it's not hot, you just use the salt on the table, not while it's steamy hot. But let's say you have ketchup, same thing, right? Ketchup also, we don't realize, although that doesn't require you to have meat and dairy ketchup, but of course, it's something that's very shayach, that one that, used, that, that, that wants to put the ketchup on his uh, french fries, and he has over there also, he wants to put it also on the chicken nuggets. So what does he do? He pushes it in, and many times he touches the the bottle. And then he wants to put it on his pizza. Kids love to put ketchup, extra ketchup on the pizza. You think kids are careful. They always touch the pizza. And you don't even realize. And then you put it in the fridge and use it for other things. It's not correct. One should have separate um, for separate ketchup bottles for meat and dairy. That is the correct thing to do. Next, we're running quickly. Yes. Yes. So I just had cheese sandwich, right? And then right. like an hour later I'm drinking from the same bottle and having right. meat. Right. That is that is a problem while you're eating. But after you finished eating and your mouth is clean, you don't have a problem. But, I didn't but want while you're eating you if you drink from the bottle while you're eating, so then it gets cheesy, it gets from the from the fat, the shamnunit, it gets the food around it, sometimes inside. Even if you don't see it, you don't have to see it in order for something to become such. But so while it's, not it's not allowed while you're eating. If you finished eating and after we, afterwards your mouth is clean and you want to drink from it, it doesn't become a soul. While your mouth is clean, it's fine. But while eating, one should be careful. <laughs> Toothbrush is also something that the Puskim speak about and they say that it's permitted. Why? You can use your toothbrush every night, no problem. Why? Because usually the mouth is clean already for meat and dairy. And if not, it's cold. And if not, it's pagum. You remember the, the concept of pagum we spoke about? We said also that when you have something that makes something foul, like for instance soap, toothpaste, and things like that, 
those things already just by touching the meat or the dairy, they make it taste bad. So, because of that, you don't have any problem. I think everything is cold, you're not swallowing it, you're just spitting the whatever you have in your mouth, you're spitting afterwards. That is fine. Next, next thing on the paper, six on page six, is wait time between meat and dairy. Wait time between meat and dairy is. Well, there's different opinions about this. There's, there's many, many different opinions about this. In the Rishonim already, there's different opinions about this. Take a look at the Ramah. The Ramah is very interesting. It's Iman Peitet. He says that Al Pialacha Meikaradin, you could just remove the table and eat dairy right away. That's what it is. Meikaradin. Then he says that the Minhag is to wait. According to the Zohar, the Minhag is to wait one hour. Then he says that people should wait a little bit more, and the correct thing is to wait six hours. That's the correct thing. Which means it gives us, it gives us perspectives that when you can't wait six hours, sometimes you'll be more lenient. Like, for example, let's say a person is not feeling well. So person can say, just wait one hour. If you ate meat and you're not feeling well, you need to drink your coffee, you need, you're not feeling well, you could wait one hour. A woman that's pregnant and she needs to eat. Women that have cravings. Rabbi Yashif says, a woman that has cravings while she's pregnant, one hour. I had many times women call me or husbands call me for their wives. Husbands suffer more than their wives, by the way, when their wife has cravings. You should know. So... Oh, my, my wife, she has cravings. I, I wouldn't know what it is, but the way they sound, make it sound is so terrible. So, of course, all you have to do is wait an hour. And if you can't wait even that, if a person can't wait, he's sick, he can't wait. So, Mikara Din, the Ramah says, you just remove the table, wash your mouth, remove the, the meat from the table. But the Puskim say, one hour is fine. Yeah, same thing would be for kids. Some, that, that's what we hear. Same thing for kids. You have kids. Basically, from age three, one should try to tell his kids to wait an hour. Try to tell your kids to wait an hour. Which means, before the age of three, it's chinuch. Don't even bother them. They're too small. So, if they ate meat, right afterwards they want to eat dairy, wash their mouth, give them dairy. No problem. If they want their milk, kid wants his bottle. He just ate meat. Now you're going to make him wait. He's a little, he's a little baby. He's a toddler. But after his age three, he understands. If he understands. You have to see each kid. You have to see if you can, if you can tolerate, if you can explain to him. By the age of three, afterwards, when you get a little bit older, you try to raise the bar a little bit, two hours, three hours. When? Usually at the age of seven, eight, nine. You try to push another hour, two hours, three hours. Slowly, slowly, according to his understanding. That's the way majority of the poskim hold in this halakha. Now, let me explain to you. Why we wait six hours? What's the purpose of that? What's the reason? Over here, we have Machloket, Rashi, and Rambam. According to Rashi, and both of them are halakha, so you need to know both. It doesn't make a difference in names. But you need to understand what's, why we're waiting, because a, it makes a difference in halakha. It makes nafkamina. Which means... Akashi says when you eat something, it still has aftertaste for six hours, which means a person still feels meat, not by dairy, by meat. You still feel the taste of the meat comes up. You still feel meat within you coming up. 
So you don't want, Rashi says, Chazal didn't want, it's all the Rabbanan, Chazal didn't want that you should feel you're eating meat and dairy at the same time. Rambam says not like that. Rambam says, because when you chew on the meat, the meat gets stuck in between the teeth. When it gets stuck, it's there for six hours. After six hours, says the Rambam, although it's still there, but it doesn't have any more, it's not called meat anymore. It lost its status. Meat has a status of meat for six hours. After six hours, it becomes spoiled, it becomes ruined, it becomes something else. It's not anymore food, it's not anymore edible, it becomes something else. It changes its, its, its being. We get, we get all the questions. Let's, see, let's cover up what we, whatever we can. So what's the difference between the two? The difference between the two would be, for instance, if you chew meat, but you don't want to swallow it. It used to be, it used to be, Chazal say, it used to be that let's say your child wanted to eat meat. He had to chew it. He couldn't eat it. So you chew the meat and you give it to him. Today, whew, they wouldn't, they wouldn't. It's, but that's the way it was. I remember when I grew up, when a kid has a little bit stain on his, uh, on his face, so the mother always uh, wets, it, wets, wets the finger with the saliva and she cleans it. That's it. Cleans it like this. Go. Do they still do that? Today I don't see people doing that. Things have changed. But that's the way it was. Hazal say that meat that you chew for a kid, if you chew for a kid, you have to still wait six hours. Why? Rambam said it gets stuck between the teeth. Six hours. After six hours, it's still there. But it's not cold meat anymore. Rashi says, no, you didn't swallow it. Did you swallow it? No. You didn't swallow it? It's good. You don't have to worry. What happens, for instance, if a person swallows meat without chewing it? Let's say you had some liquid meat. You had liquid meat, you, you, you swallow like this. You had a smaller piece of meat, you just swallow it like this. Do you have to wait six hours? Rambo says, no, it didn't, it didn't get stuck in the teeth. You don't have to wait six hours. Rashi says that it still it went into your body. You have the aftertaste coming out for six hours. You have to wait that amount of time. Both halacha, whether you swallowed or whether you chew and you didn't eat, you have to wait six hours. When don't you have to eat six hours? If let's say on Shabbat, Erev Shabbat, you want to taste the food. You don't, you're, not, you're not swallowing. You're just tasting on your tongue and spitting it out. You don't, you don't chew on it, and you don't swallow it. When you only taste it, you don't have to wait for six hours. Now, there's many examples along that, what I'm explaining right now, but that gives us an idea. So, whenever you taste food, you didn't swallow it, don't have to wait. How much do you have to swallow in order to, for you to become meat? Even a small meat, a small piece of meat. Small piece of chicken. Chicken is the same thing. It doesn't have a shiur. In other words, in other things we have a shiur. Kazait, kabeitzak, agrogeret. Everything in Chazal have measurements. But when you when it comes to basab chalav, Chazal didn't give measurements according to majority of poskim. And therefore, even if you eat this very small piece, you'll have to wait six hours. When you eat cheese, you don't have to wait afterwards the six hours. According to Shulchan Aruch, he doesn't bring this at all. But the Ramah says that if it's a hard cheese, hard and old cheese, you have to wait six hours. Some poskim Sfaradim adopted that halacha as well, like the Ben Ishchai. There's few poskim Sfaradim that brought that halacha lemase, which means you have an old, old um, um, dry cheese 
it's hard cheese, you'll have to wait six hours. Today, some say it's Parmesan cheese, some say even it's uh, the pizza cheese that you eat, all kind of things like that. Even by Ishkenazim, that the mechmir to wait six hours after cheese, hard cheese, old cheese. Old cheese means it's there for six months, old for six months. The, the, the way the Taz says, it has, it's such cheese that has already worms in it, which means it's this old. Something that's very hard, you have to chew on it very hard. It's like a block. So some, some, some Ishkenaz poskim say that it doesn't apply today at all. Why? Because even if you buy something that is old cheese from three years ago, very old, but since they seal it, it keeps fresh. Whatever is sealed keeps fresh. It's like it was made today. Because of that, that's not called hard cheese. This is how Abelsky says, and Samposki in Israel as well. They say the whole concept of that kind of cheese doesn't apply today. So those that are mekel, those that are lenient with that, Ashkenazim, they have definitely who to rely on. That is meat after cheese. If, so Sephardim are more lenient about it. Majority of the poskim say that you don't have to wait at all after eating cheese. So what do you do after eating cheese? You have to wash your mouth, you have to wash your hands, and you have to eat something in between. So eat and drink something in between. That's the way it is. Six hours that we're saying, those six hours are from the time of eating, not from the time of the end of the seuda, which means you eat right now a meal, and you eat now meat, but you're still sitting there and schmoozing for the next half hour. It's a, it's a Shabbat meal. You're schmoozing for another half hour. The Torah singing. A neighbor came an hour afterwards, and then you say Birkat Amazon. And you're already waiting to drink your coffee. Do you wait six hours from the time you finish your meat? Or from the time you finish the seuda and said, Birkat Amazon. So the Gunmir and Kafachaim, and this is how majority of the poskim hold, it goes from the time you finished eating the actual meat. Not from the time you finished the seuda. If you're doubtful, when was it? Did six hours pass? Six hours didn't pass? What should be the halacha? You're not sure if six hours passed or not. What do you do? What do you do? So over here you could be lenient also. Why? Because the whole six hours is a very big controversy. Whether you have to wait one hour, three hours, four hours, six hours. There's different opinions about this. Don't have to wait at all. The Sfot says you just remove the table. As we mentioned before, the Ramah brings, uh, mentions such, such thing in the Shulchan Aruch. You just remove, move away the table. You remove the table, put a new tablecloth, and bring uh, dairy. That's, so... Because of all these opinions, if somebody doubtful, it could be lenient. Some poskim say that it doesn't have to be exactly six hours, close to six hours, if needed, close to six hours. Hamavadi brings five and a half hours. There's leniencies about it. Of course, a person shouldn't jump and take leniencies. But if needed, you, have, you need your coffee already. You need it. You can't wait. You need your coffee already. Some people need their coffee. Coffee is a very, very important thing. You know, otherwise, you're not yourself. People are addicted to coffee. They're not themselves. So then, could be lenient. Another halakha that's important. Another halakha that's important. And that is what is called... That is what we call tafshil shel basar. I don't know where you want to put it here. Maybe the next thing, food used for one type to another. It's not exactly, but let's talk about something called tafshil shel basar. 
תבשיל של בשר, או תבשיל של גבינה, whatever it is. But right now we're talking תבשיל של בשר. What does it mean? Means like this. Let's say you cooked your, your חמין, your chulent. That's an example. And you want to eat only the beans. There's meat in there, but you're taking only the beans. You want to eat only the kugel that was also there. You want to eat only the eggs. You take the eggs, you peel it, you want to eat only the eggs. Do you have to wait afterwards six hours? Or you say, no, I didn't eat meat. You don't have the two things. You don't have the basar ben ashinaim. The meat didn't get stuck in your teeth. You ate only an egg. And, you, and, and the, the, the meat itself didn't go into your body that it would have a taste coming up. So maybe you don't need to wait the six hours. So that is a machloket we found between the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. The Shulchan Aruch represents the Sephardim, obviously, and the Ramah the Ashkenazim. <coughs> but it doesn't make a difference what they say. The Shulchan Aruch is lenient not to wait at all, and the Ramah says to wait six hours, as, it would, as if you would eat meat. But it doesn't make a difference because the Minhagas Sephardim as well is to, eat, to, eat, to wait six hours. So if you eat your, your, your eggs from the chulant, you'll have to wait six hours. If you ate the beans from the children, you'll have to wait six hours. If you ate the macaroni and you left the, 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 the meatballs on the side, you'll, it, it was cooked together with meatballs. You'll have to wait six hours. And take that as an example from, for, for many other things, that when you have something that we call tafshil shel basal, you, 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 you want to take the chicken soup, but you only taking the soup, the chicken you're not touching. You'll have to wait six hours because it's called tafshil shel basar, and before uh, eating dairy, six hours have to pass. Even more so, Ashkenazim. Ashkenazim, Ashkenazim are more strict in this, and Sephardim, um, in the Meikar Adin, the main Alachad, will be more lenient. But the minhag, says Kafachaim, became, even by Sephardim, to be more strict. What happens... Six hours, yes. But we said, why did I say all those opinions? Because I told you that sometimes you can be lenient. A pregnant woman, that it's hard for her to wait. A kid that is not in the age yet. You have somebody with a strong headache. You have, a, you have somebody that's sick. So it's not Okay. For instance, you, you had a mistake. Yeah, that happens. That happens that you make a mistake and you eat, the, you eat dairy after meat. So there are opinions that say you can do that. So it's, we're not dealing over here with, uh, with something that you definitely um, were doing a vera. Right? Yeah, okay. Now, we're going to speak a lot about the laws of knife, which is very, very important. But I want to mention one thing once we're talking about Tafshil Shel Basar, and we're dealing with meat and dairy. And what happens if you take a piece of cheese and you, by mistake, cut that cheese with a meat knife? It happens. It's cold. That's it. It's cold. But what do you do with the knife and what do you do with the cheese? So it's cold. You're right. It's cold. So that makes things much better. But many times knives 
have what we call shamnunit, have a thin layer of the fat that was left from the meat that you ate. And unless you clean the knife good, it still stays there. If you just rinse it, or you just clean it very quick, it stays there. You put it into your uh, dishwasher, it stays there, because it needs to be rubbed. You need to rub that shamnunit off. So, uh, otherwise, you'll have the shamnunit left that oil, that uh, fat leftover, residue leftover, and it goes into the cheese. So you'll have to clean the cheese afterwards. You'll have to wash it very well and remove that, the place that, that you used to cut, that cutting place. You'll have to, re- to, to wash it very well and rub it also in order to remove that fat. And vice versa, the cheese also goes, since it's a hard cheese, it goes and gets stuck as well in the meat knife. It, it, it many times happens. You take somebody in the, in, the, in, the, in the house, takes a meat knife, and cuts the cheese. It's a hard cheese. He cuts a piece of the block of cheese. And now, the meat knife has that uh, cheese on the knife itself. How do you remove that? Do you need to wash it? What do you do with that? The halacha says... That's the way it says in the Halakha, in the Shulchan Aruch. The way you clean it, the way you kosher it, is that you have to stick it into the ground ten times. Hard ground. You go outside, and you start sticking it. Why? Every time to a different place. Stuck, stabbing it. Why? Because that's the way it will come out. You're rubbing it in such a way. Today, the poskim say, more practical, you take something like Brillo, and you, and you uh, clean it very well with it. You like scrub it very well with it. That would help. Yeah. Should you intentionally not wash it with hot water? True. That's a very, very important point. Whenever we'll say that you have to wash something that is used with cold, whenever you say that you have to clean something, wash something, use it with cold, so it's fine. You use, let's say, we mentioned before that you had a meat pot and you put in it cheese, uh, cheese to, you cook cheese in it. But it didn't get to Yatsoledet yet. So it, since it didn't get to Yatsoledet, all good. You spill the cheese that you're cooking in there, the dairy things that you're cooking, you're cooking milk. You spill the milk out, and now you have to clean your pot. But if you're putting, you're putting it under the sink, and you're opening the hot water, so the hot water themselves could be problematic, because they come out extremely hot. It's clearly shown because it comes from the tank of water, and the tank of water has a pipe that brings it all the way to your faucet. Hot water comes, and it goes into your pot. When it goes into your pot, it's called irui. It's spilling into your pot, it's pouring into your pot. And since you have dairy over there, because it's not clean, you make the pot a soup. So that's problematic. So you use something either cold or lukewarm, as long as it's less than yatsoled. It's away from nice. Yes. No, fork is the same as a knife. It's a good point. Fork is good as a knife. We're going to speak about knife specifically, and we'll mention all that, because fork also penetrates. It has to push into something that's hard like a cheese. Knives usually cuts into something that's hard, but when we're dealing with liquids, or something not as hard as 
as, as cheese that you need a knife to cut it. So then you don't need to rub it with something that's going to make enough sure. Just to wash it and enough you, just it's to wash enough it. to wash it. You wash it well, but you don't have to use brillo and you and. No, it's not yatsoledet. You don't have to do that. Oh, so we'll speak about how to kosher things. The cheese, we said that what you'll need to do, if your knife wasn't perfectly clean, that you cleaned it very well, what you'll need to do is, at the place that you cut the cheese, you wash it, and you, 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 could, you could take off a, lo- a small layer, you have no problem, but if you don't want to take a small layer, what's needed to do? is you wash it at that place while you're rubbing it and t- making sure that all the things that was collected there is removed. Let me just, we're almost done, and then we'll take all the questions. Let me tell you about this thing that we learned over here, and that is prohibition of dairy or meat bread, which means one is not allowed to have dairy bread. You want to make yourself bread, and you want to make it a little bit tasty, so you put some uh, milk in it, right? You do that, let's say, with pizza. Many, pla- many pizza stores make... Um, uh, the dough of the pizza with milk. Why is that? Because since many poskim hold, majority of the poskim hold that for pizza you'll have to say hamotzi. It's a piece of dough with a cheese on top. What's the difference between that and the sandwich you're eating home with a with a with cheese and tomato sauce in, on top of it? It's the same thing. It's the same thing like taking pita and putting some cheese on it and some the the, the homemade homemade uh, pizza. Over there, nobody would say, oh, you know, it's pizza. Before it was bread, you'll have to wash on it. Now you put some cheese and tomato sauce, all of a sudden became a zonot. Of course not. So that's the same thing that the, the pizza in the stores. You go to a store, it's a piece of dough. So what do they do? Many of the Ashkechot ask the store owners to make the dough with milk. When you make the dough with milk, so it becomes mezonot. We have to learn the alachot in the brachot. That's what it is. That is fine. But when you have bread, that is fine. But when you have bread that's dairy bread, it's problematic. You're not allowed to do it, and you're not allowed to have it. It becomes, Chazal made it like a isur. Davar asur. So you can't go to a store and buy yourself, you can't go to a supermarket and buy yourself dairy bread. Now. What if it's cheap? Oh, so one minute. We're getting to all the details. When would it be permitted... If you have, if you're making yourself a small uh, dough, a small bread, which means, according to Hanaruch, it's good enough for one meal. So you make, let's say, one roll or two rolls just for one meal. The Lama is a little bit more lenient. It's enough to eat for one day. So since it's a small amount, the poskim say that then you're not going to be mistaken because you're eating it right then and there. You're not leaving it over. Bread is meant that, you know, you take a slice, eat it now. You take another slice, eat it at dinner. You take tomorrow another few slices for breakfast. So you forget. When you're taking something small, like a bagel, and you put some uh, dairy ingredients in it while making the dough, then since it's only for one meal, you're not going to forget. That's one leniency. That's the leniency that some of the Hashgachot use. That's what I heard from Obelsky. When they ask him what they use as a leniency to give Hashgachot for bread that is dairy, he said that since it's made in small amounts, it's good enough for one meal. That was his, that's what I heard from him. Now, what about the shape that was mentioned here? That's another leniency that Chazal say, that if you make a special shape to the bread, it's also permitted. Which means, let's say you want to make a shape of a certain animal, you want to make a shape of an eye 
That's, what, that's the example of the Gemara. You make the shape of a big eye, and so on. That would be also something that's permitted. So when you use that, uh, that shape, you could, you could do without any problem. You can do also a bigger amount. But if you have something that doesn't have the shape, and it's not a small amount, as we explained right now, it's prohibited, it's mamash davar asur, and you're not allowed to make it, and you're not allowed to bake it in your oven, and make your oven asur as well. You're not allowed to buy it, and the people are not allowed to sell it. So this is something that you have to keep in mind. So I think we covered over here pretty much, pretty much. The next thing that you'll see on the page, we said already, are things that you almost, we almost know them perfectly already. So we'll go uh, quickly through that next time. And we'll go through, and, and maybe next time we already start uh, appliances and, 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 and utensils. But now we'll leave time for the questions. Pavod, yes? Is it the same clean with the brittle? Yes. Forks and knives, if they became no good because the way we explained right now, which means they penetrated, they went into, they cut through something that is hard, you'll have to use brillo in order to clean it. Yes? Well, what's fun? Does it sponge? What's fun? If it's, let's say it's a daily fork and I'm using the knife as a fork for the meat, so the brillo has to be from the daily fork or the meat? Okay, so when we're using sponges and brillo, there's a din of lechatchila and bidiavad. When you use the sponge, do you have to have a dairy sponge and a meat sponge? The answer is yes. Why is that? Because it gets dirty with the meat, with the dairy, and then use it on the other thing, and sometimes use hot waters. But with the avad, if it got mixed up, very common. Oh, you use the meat sponge for the dairy food. What happens? And with the avad, we can permit it for a few reasons. One reason is what? So, secondly, cold. Ah, you don't use, use hot water, right? It's not that hot that you don't you can't keep your hands in it because otherwise you wouldn't you're putting your hands in there all the time. So you see, it's not that hot. It's not yatsoleded and it's dirty. It's 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 soap using soap. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.